Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collins. What up guys, this is Ethan Sarkis. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Welcome back, WNBA Nation. We are coming at you with, yes, two back-to-back episodes. And we could not be more happy about it. You probably have just gotten done listening to Steve and Logan and their episode uh, that just barely went out. And here are Jason and I coming at you uh, with another episode quickly to follow theirs up. Um, we had to bump one of our recording nights back one. And so, um, we're going back to back recording nights, but the content, Jason, it's all about the content. And, uh, and that's what we want to get out to our, our listeners, uh, especially in this crucial time of the off season as we have, as we head all the way right into free agency. But, uh, Jason, how have you been, man? It's, uh, you gave us a pretty sweet, episode recently talking about um phf right professional hockey federation and uh and all that goes down there and i personally really enjoyed it because i'm not super familiar with it as of right now but i'm looking forward to getting into their uh getting into checking that out a little bit more before we hop into free agency talk today um jason go ahead and give us the breakdown of uh when that will be going live for everybody to start watching. Yeah, so they they play their games on Saturdays and Sundays. You can find them on Twitch or ESPN Plus. And as I said in my episode, if you missed it last week, please watch it on ESPN Plus because I want the executives at ESPN to see the numbers. Um, and while I'm I'm sure they could log into Twitch and see how a stream did, uh, I doubt they do. Uh, so doing it on their own platform to me, I think, makes a statement. Uh, so if you want to support women's sports and you have a little bit of time on Saturday or if you're chilling at home and you just want to have something on in the background, there is professional women's sports going on right now and it is high quality. So uh, Saturdays and Sundays, I don't have the games pulled up in front of me right now, but uh, um, yeah, there's there's multiple games every Saturday and every Sunday um, and they're the repeat. So the same teams will play two days in a row every weekend. So um, you get kind of the, the storylines. It's one of the things that I enjoy about sports, which we're getting that a little bit more in the WNBA now that we're kind of lumping games together. But I really like the idea of having teams play each other multiple times in a row because then like P 
people start to get on each other's nerves and like it can bring out some attitude and stuff. So that's always a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, check it out. ESPN plus or Twitch. Uh, and uh, you can always check them out. I believe their website is spelled out premier hockey federation um, dot com. But if you just search PHF, you'll be able to pull it up. If you want to just go to the website, they've got links to all the stuff, too. So definitely check that out. I like it, dude. Um, and uh, and speaking of Twitch and viewers and everything, shout out to everybody who is joining us as we record this live on Twitch TV slash WNBA Nation. Um, if you haven't come and check, haven't had a chance to come check out a stream, do so. Come over and hang out with us. Um, it's a lot of fun. We we hang out and uh, especially on episodes like today, we like to get a little bit of feedback live as we record from people who are you know have a specific. Um, they have a specific question or a prediction as far as like free agency goes, for example, today. So that's kind of what we're going to be looking at today. Um, check us out on Twitch. You can find us on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. You can listen to us. I mean, you're already listening to us if you're hearing this. So you can listen to us pretty much anywhere the podcast can be found. If you are listening on, uh, you know, whatever pod grabber and platform that you are, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if it provides, uh, if it's a, a system that provides ratings, go ahead and hit us with a five-star rating. We hit all of our five-star ratings and read those out loud as they come in. Um, the ones that we find on, uh, Apple, uh, podcast. So make sure you're checking that out. Um, but Jason, let's just hop right in. We've got a lot to talk about today and a lot of real estate to cover. So, um, I just want to get right into things. We've got free agency coming up in just a couple days. As this episode comes out, it should be on the 13th. On the 15th is when um, negotiations and, and things kind of start opening up a little bit. Um, and then actual, like, being able to sign, um, being able to sign free agents happens, uh, I believe, February, is it the 1st? I should have checked that before we hopped on. But, I, I believe so. I uh, believe it's the 15th. They can start talking and the first they can sign. Yeah, I, I think you've got for, the yeah. right. You can start talking on the 15th. You can officially sign on the first. So technically you cannot, as a team, announce that you have signed a player until the ink is dry on February 1st. Um, how many, and, uh, sorry, sorry to cut in. How many people actually no. believe teams aren't talking to players right now? Like you, you really believe <laughs> or the players are. Yeah. Yeah. You really believe Chicago's just like sitting on their hands be like, gee, I wish we could call so and so. I'm sure. I mean, they're are, they're still associated with the, uh, you know, with the teams as far as like official sit down negotiations. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm sure that a lot of teams are putting feelers out there and just saying, hey, who's interested and who do we want to make offers to? Who do we think we could get? of some of these unrestricted free agents that are out in the open market right now. Who do we think we could snag? Um, so yeah, it is important to note that you cannot as a team announce that a player is signing with you or is back with you. Um, as the Seattle storm were made aware earlier this <laughs> week, or was it this? I can't remember if it was earlier this week or end of last yeah, week. The, uh, yeah. They basically, put out a tweet that announced that Sue Bird was coming back and would be signing with them. They cannot do that. And they had to delete it. <laughs> so, yeah. so that was fair, kind of Sue Bird said it first, because I, I believe Sue, Sue Bird just said, Sue like, let's do it again it. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. She announced it on her Instagram. Like everybody knows, but 
like technically speaking, the team can't yeah. say that it's done because it, it's not signed. You can't announce anything, but we all know Sue's coming back and that's going to, well, that'll come into play here in just a little bit yeah. as we break down these teams. But, um, but yeah, so just so everybody is clear, there is also one other thing you need to know about, um, free agency. All right. Um, so there, there's, there's kind of some different like designations that players can have. So reserved players, restricted free agents and unrestricted, unrestricted free agents along with core players. All right. Let me just break this down. So those of you who are new to WNBA uh, free agency, a reserved player is a player that has three or fewer years. Um, they basically have the, their team has exclusive negotiating rights with them. So the team, you know, signs someone to a short contract and, um, but they haven't been with that team for very long. That team kind of gets, uh, you know, exclusive negotiating rights. Restricted free agents are players with four or five years of service. They're considered to be restricted free agents. This gives the player's prior team the right to keep the player by matching a contract offer that a player could sign with another team. So they get the, the, it's called the right of first refusal. All right. Mm-hmm. If the player signs a contract offer with another team, the player's prior team has four days from that time to determine if they want to match that offer. So let's say um, someone like, let's say, let's see, who's a good restricted free agent? Let me pull this up. Uh, a good restricted free agent would be Asia Wilson. Okay. Um, if Asia Wilson gets a max contract offer from Chicago, Las Vegas has the right to match that offer. Um, and probably would match that offer because she's Asia Wilson and basically guarantee that Asia can stay there. So Asia can get the most amount of money possible, but her, her current team, the team that she had had been with before would have the opportunity to sign her, um, you know, to match whatever offer comes from any other team. So that's, that's how restricted free agents go. Unrestricted free agent is free to sign with any team anywhere. Um, regardless, even if the, even if they took like a lower paying like contract, if you wanted to go chase a ring, like potentially maybe someone like, uh, Tina Charles could go to a team that has, you know, less, uh, and, and go take like a little bit less money just to get on a team that has a shot at the title. Um, that could be the case. And she doesn't have, you know, her, she's not like, She's not restricted to stay with her current team. She can sign with whoever for any amount of money. The last thing you need to know is the only way to keep an unrestricted free agent um, outside of just letting them go to the open market is by designating them as a core player. All right. Now this is kind of a unique deal. A core designation gives that gives their team exclusive negotiating rights with the player. But a player can only receive a core designation three times in their career, and each team only gets one core designation per, per season. Yeah. So, for example, we'll we'll start off with the news that broke earlier today. Uh, Kalia Copper has now been designated a core player by Chicago. So 
Chicago gets the exclusive negotiating rights. Nobody else can touch Kalia Copper. Um, but Chicago can't now go core like uh, Steph Dolson or Courtney Vandersloot or Allie Quigley. So that's like they're giving up their right to core those players to in order to core Kalia Copper. So mm-hmm. that's the designations that you need to be made aware of as we go through this episode today. Hopefully that made sense um, to everybody uh, as we as we discuss that. So. Jason, let's go ahead and start things off. Um, we're going to kind of go team by team. And then as players who were previous with, previously with those teams arise, we can talk about individual players and if they are likely to stay with, with their current team or if they're likely to bounce, go get picked up somewhere else. Let's start with the Atlanta dream. What do you say? What do you say? I almost said Steve. What do you say, Jason? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, Steve making an appearance. <laughs> Let's, let's, uh, let's go to Atlanta, the land of, uh, uh, only upsides. That's what I'll call Atlanta right now. <laughs> land of only upside. All right. Atlanta has a lot of cap space to work with. I yeah. think Atlanta, I'm glad we're starting here. They might be the most interesting team in this offseason as far as who they could try and go out and chase and throw big money at. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got 836,000 in cap space. Uh, so they've got, they've got a lot of money to spend, but they've got a lot of players that are kind of, you know, potentially, um, they, they, well, they have their roster looks, has the most question marks in my opinion. Yeah. Courtney Williams is a free agent. Atlanta's already said they're not bringing Courtney back, um, because of the altercation that she and Crystal Bradford were in. So Courtney's gone. She's not going to be, um, She's not going to be brought back, which stinks because Courtney was such a huge integral part of the team last season. Um, but they're moving on from Courtney. They're going to find somebody else to replace her. They also have Tiffany Hayes, Odyssey Sims, and Elizabeth Williams as unrestricted free agents. Um, Jason, what are your thoughts on Atlanta? Who do you see them, uh, them potentially sticking with? Who do you think is, is likely to, um, stay in Atlanta? Who do you think they're going to target as far as unrestricted free agents? And who do you think, uh, you know, and is there anybody else that you have an eye, if you were Atlanta, that you'd have an eye go throw a, a pile of money and try and snag somebody to come join your team? So if I'm Atlanta recently had an ownership change, they recently had a team president change. They, they're very much looking for the future. And I feel like having so much cap space, my read on Atlanta's mindset is, Hey, let's, let's assume nothing as, as set in stone and let's just keep all of our options open. That said, um, I think they throw, um, some money at Tiffany Hayes. I think, uh, I, I think Monique Billings is restricted. I think they, they keep her. Um, but, Honestly, other than that, I think everybody's on the table and maybe even Tiffany Hayes is on the table where go out and get some some new and some interesting talent. I think there's going to be some people dropping out of Seattle and Chicago that would be very interesting for Atlanta. Um, specifically, you're looking at maybe those like first bench players um, from each of those teams. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking if I'm Atlanta is is 
what we have now isn't working. So let's just kind of like wipe the board clean and draw up a new team from scratch. So um, I don't expect them to to keep a lot of people. I expect them to use that cap space to go out and, and have some fun. Uh, as far as picking a name that I would go out and make an offer to, um, a Steph Dolson uh, would be somebody I might make an offer to. She's one that came to my mind as well, Steph, and actually Diamond to Shields. I think yeah, Diamond to Shields two, is a good one. Yeah, those two, those two out of Chicago would be names I would be heavily interested uh, in if I was Atlanta for sure. Yeah. Well, especially, I mean, Steph Dolson, I think she increased her stock a lot this last year, both with the 3x3 performance and then also with a play during the season. And honestly, Mm -hmm. Chicago, I think, is going to have to free up a little bit of breathing room. Um, and, and, and in order to make some moves that, that we'll get to when we talk about Chicago, but I could see the breathing room coming in the terms of Steph Dolson. Uh, and I think Atlanta would be very interested. I, I think that'd be a good move. But yeah, Diamond Shields is a good one. Uh, I mean, why not just, write out a max contract and see if Jewel Lloyd wants to show up. I, I take your swing. I mean, you might as well. I, I think that that makes a ton of sense. Um, we're going to talk with, about Jewel Lloyd here in uh, next team, actually the very <laughs> next team. <laughs> but if I'm Atlanta, I go for Jewel Lloyd. I think yeah. that she's a, she's a player that has MVP potential. Um, and obviously, you know, could be a huge, huge part of a team moving forward. Um, but I agree with you. I don't think I throw max money at Tiffany Hayes. Um, mm-hmm. I think just because she's, um, this, this sounds so rude cause she's not old, but she's starting to get older as far as yeah. like, uh, her, like as, as far as co- in comparison to the league. So I don't know if I'm throwing money there. She's had a little bit of injury issue. Odyssey Sims. Mm, I don't know. I think she's, she's obviously, you know, a solid player if I'm yeah, if I'm Atlanta, I agree with you. I think Elizabeth Williams and Monique Billings are probably my two like must have. Like if I'm going to re-sign anybody, I'm re-signing those mm-hmm. and trying to see if I can get Tiffany Hayes at uh, a little bit of a discounted price, yeah. and then using the rest of that cap space to you know try and snag someone. Yeah, like a, a Steph Dolson, Diamond Shields. Throw, why not throw something Jewel Lloyd's way? Um, you know, I think there could be some. You know, there yeah. could be some really solid things there. Um, well, I mean, who knows? Maybe try and snag January out of Connecticut. Like that yeah. might, that might be something to go, uh, you know, to go give a shot on. So yeah. Um, anyway, that, that's, I, that's, that's somebody I, I might look at. Yeah. And I, I think with, with Jewel Lloyd, it's an interesting position you're in in Atlanta because I, we're going to talk about Jewel Lloyd and, and some Chicago buzz that, that happened recently and, and some rumors speculating on the interwebs, but, uh, if you're Jewel Lloyd, if I'm Atlanta and I'm on the phone with Jewel Lloyd, I'm saying, hey, Jewel, you can go to Chicago, maybe run it back, maybe not. There's going to be a lot of good teams. You're going to have to compete against Vegas and, you know, whatever Seattle puts together. And, you know, and, and so you can say like, hey, you can go to Chicago and you can be a member of a championship team, maybe, or you can come here and you can be the key player of a franchise. And I think that's really the, the face of it. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it's really going to come down to Jewel Lloyd's preferences. But if that new ownership, which is partially player owned, can convince her like this is the place to play and you have a future here where you're not just going to be on a championship team, you're going to lead a championship team that maybe, you know, mm-hmm. she might be willing to wait three to five years to to put Atlanta together and, and tr- to try to be the one who who who's the leader on that team. So that's that's the sales pitch I'm making, at least if I if I'm p- picking up the phone, talking to, to, to Lloyd, that's that's what I'd say. 
Yeah. I like that take. I like that take. I think there's a lot. Atlanta may look like a very different team next year compared to what we've seen the previous couple of seasons. I don't know. Uh, I could see them re-signing someone like Shakina Strickland, I yeah. think, could potentially come back. Maybe someone like a Blake Dietrich. I'm not sure. Um, but I think that they're the team that's probably most likely to just, hey, let's throw some big money out, see who we can snag, and let's start rebuilding and re like let's let's rework our our locker room. If you paid attention to <laughs> the Atlanta locker room last season, it wasn't necessarily the most unified <laughs> and uh wholesome yeah. uh wholesome <laughs> uh you know, uh, locker room. Now I'm not saying that locker rooms have to be, you know, all, you know, flowers and butterflies and happiness. Like, no, like it's a locker room. It's there. It, these are professional athletes who are competing at the highest level. Yeah. You're going to have some, some heat, but with things with Courtney Williams going or going on crystal Bradford and even with Kennedy Carter, who at this point hasn't played since early 2021 for the team, um, but we have seen her out getting workouts in with, you know, Angel McCautry. Maybe Atlanta, maybe, maybe Atlanta's willing to give her an, uh, another shot. Maybe Kennedy's kind of learned her lesson as far as, you know, where she needs to be. And I mean, she's young. She's, she's brand new. And, and as a young player, sometimes you make mistakes. Um, maybe Atlanta gives her another shot, but they've got a lot of question marks, but a lot of money to play with. We, I'm, I think Atlanta is going to probably make a lot of moves this off season. Yeah. Yeah. They need to, I mean, they, they did not perform anywhere near what's acceptable last season. So I'd say you got to do something. Yeah. If, if the only team worse than use at, you know, Indiana, you, you got a long way to go. <laughs> Let's move on to Chicago, Jason. We've got an interesting, uh, an interesting crew here, uh, in Chicago. Um, as I mentioned before, we've got several unrestricted free agents in Chicago. We've got Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, Stu Du, and Steph Dolson. Uh, it's actually due, uh, due fall now, isn't it? Right? Married Taco Fall. Um, yep. uh, Steph Dolson, uh, Kalia Copper, and Maria Condi. So, um, Copper just was cored, which means that she will be back with Chicago. Uh, she has Chicago has exclusive negotiating rights with Copper. I would not be surprised to see her getting close to max, if not full supermax contract. I think you know mm-hmm. you your finals MVP and and you know potentially a league MVP at some point. You got to throw your money there. Yeah, but the rest of this crew, there's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of variety that could be said. Um, Steph Dolson, I think, is a, a really interesting name. But then Vandersloot and Quigley obviously would probably prefer to stay together. And I think that they are likely to somehow find a way to stay in Chicago. Um, but who knows? Who knows uh, what they're thinking right now? Maybe uh, maybe they go and explore their, you know, kick the tires in L.A. or Atlanta or something like that and and. Um, I, I, I would say I feel like 80, 85% sure that Vandersloot and Quigley are staying in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph Dolson, I think could go and get more money somewhere else. I would, I would consider Steph Dolson probably out the door. 
if yeah. uh, if I'm the if I'm a Chicago fan. What are your viewpoints on this, Jason? I I'm probably even a little bit more bullish on Quig and Sloot staying. Um, I think that where they're at, the fact that they get to play together, obviously, is probably big for them. I would assume. Uh, and for me. I agree. I think Dolson's out the door. I think DeShields is possibly out the door. Uh, because what, what you've got to do is you've got to, to reset up. So if I'm, if I'm Chicago's management, what I'm doing is I'm going to go to Quig and Sloot and say, Hey, can you, you know, can we, can we maybe give you a slight pay cut? Let's, let's free up some cap space. And here's what I'm going for. Uh, I, I happen to be, uh, privileged enough to have a conversation with a WNBA player a couple years ago who told me that it was her dream to win a championship with Candace Parker. Uh, go for Liz Cambage. There's a new coach in Vegas. Liz Cambage is kind of temperamental with that stuff as it is. I make the offer. I try to bring Liz Cambage to Chicago. Uh, you drop, oh, you drop Steph Dolson, drop to Shields that frees up your cap space enough that you, you can make that offer. Uh, and I'd offer Liz Cambage a max and get Cambage and Parker in there playing, uh, underneath the, the rim. You've got Quigley, Sloot, uh, Copper out making shots. Uh, that's a team that can run it back. Uh, that's that. If I'm Chicago, that's my game plan right now. That's, if you can make that work, that could be a very, very interesting team. Uh, if you get Dolson into Shields moving on to another team, Obviously, you're keeping copper, and you're likely going to see Vandersloot and Quigley, and you might even be able to get a deal on Vandersloot and Quigley just yeah. by sheer fact of, hey, do you want to stay together? Do you want to stay living here? Do you want a chance at another title together? Yeah, yeah. do you want a chance to run it back? Like, like that could, yeah, that that's interesting. Now, um, you know, and and especially that you know they've got. They did win a title, and they probably don't have a ton more years left in the league. I think Candace Parker's like 35, 36, and Quigley's – is Quigley the same age? She was, she's either like one year ahead or behind mm-hmm. uh, Parker. I think she might be one year younger. And Vandersloot's, you know, I think also – I think Vandersloot's right around my age. I think she's like 32, 33 as well. So, I mean, they're all – who knows? Who knows what they end up? Maybe Vandersloot and Quigley say, "Hey, let's go have an adventure somewhere else." But um, I like that idea of going after somebody, you know, a big name like a Liz Cambage. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think Liz Cambage is not super likely to stay in Las Vegas. I I yeah. don't know why, but I think that there's a good chance that that they she and Las Vegas kind of just looking to be like, you know what? Like, yeah. no offense, we're okay. Like, I mean, we're I good, but. Maybe we just move on. Yeah, you know? I, I don't. Yeah, I, I think it goes both ways because you've got Becky Hammond coming into the organization, and I could see her saying like, "Hey, like this isn't our future. If you want to go make your money somewhere else, like, be, you know, no hard feelings. Like, let's let's do what's best for everyone." I I could very much see that situation. Do you think Liz would be interested in it in Atlanta? No, no, I, I don't think. Okay, so you think she's gonna? She thinks she's. Because if you came to her and said, listen, you're the face of Atlanta basketball, you don't think that'd be enough? Or do you think she's wanting the title more than, uh, so, than that? So Atlanta people, please don't unsubscribe. Uh, I, I'm going to have many pro Atlanta <laughs> takes in the future. But Liz Cambage has made it very clear that she likes big cities. She likes fashion. She likes the the glitz and the glamour. 
And I mean, I know, I know Atlanta has a really big hip hop scene, which she is a DJ and she, she would probably enjoy some of that, but could do I, really well. I just don't know that, uh, that Atlanta suits her. I, I don't know that they're in the habit of making stars the way that she wants to be made a star. I just, I don't see it. Um, and I don't see it being good for the Atlanta organization either. I, I don't think that she's not reliable enough to build a, a team around. And I don't mean that in terms of her basketball prowess, but in terms of her commitment, she's shown that if she's not happy, she just won't show up. And, and you can't have that from somebody you're trying to build an organization around. Okay. All right. Hot takes coming in. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, Jason, let's move on to Connecticut. Um, the big story with Connecticut, obviously Junkwell Jones, um, brand January also in, um, in the, in the mix here. Jonquo Jones is probably, I, I have a hard time imagining her really going out and chasing somewhere else. I think that she, she's kind of, you know, the face of Connecticut right now. And she's going to obviously get super max money. She's going to get all the money that is possibly coming her way. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of just a given there, but, um, you know, I, I, I just, I think that she's gonna, she's gonna stay there. I think she's gonna get that Supermax contract. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she just got the MVP. What else? Are you, <laughs> you just got the MVP. Yeah, you're fine. She's only 28 years old. She's gonna be, she's got several years left in the league and she's right in her prime. She's in that sweet spot right now, you know, where you see Jones, Stewie, Wilson, like that, those big three right there, those three names. Which ironically, all three of them are unrestricted free agents. Yeah. <laughs> or excuse me, um, Jones and Stewie are unrestricted. Asia Wilson is a restricted free agent, but all three of them, y- you have to give them every penny because they're worth every penny. Yeah. So, um, I think Jones is probably staying if it's, uh, if, if I, I get my crystal ball out. But, um, after that, I'm not sure, um, what Connecticut's going to do. They've got, you know, half a million dollars in cap space. If they re-sign John Quell, they've well, still got some money to play with. I, they've still got some chips on, on the table. I just, just to jump ahead. I, I think I saw, I'm trying to verify it now. I think John Quell was cord. Oh, she very way. I have not been on Twitter like at all today. Let me, let me verify um, that. Live she's got, check. Yes, core she core has been extended to John Quell. Yes, okay. okay. So yeah, so she's gonna stay. So in she'll she okay. will be back Solid. in Connecticut. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for checking on that. I yeah, I just haven't. <laughs> I should have double checked that. Yes, and but as I'm scrolling down through uh, our list here, yeah, John Quell has been extended. Of course, so she's staying in Connecticut. Um, Brian January, I guess, is where you start to yeah see. Okay, do we what do we do there? Um. I don't know if she's someone that I super chase if I'm Connecticut. I don't know if she's like a, an irreplaceable player if I'm Connecticut. And if I'm Connecticut and I know I'm making a title run, I might be able to swing, you know, somebody else into the mix. Maybe, maybe a Tina Charles type player that could, you know, if I've got, if I've got some money to play with, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I know that they are re-signing Heidemann and Mom Premier. Um, Stephanie Jones probably sticking around as well. Um, but, um, 
So those players, you know, are, are looking like they're going to stick around with the sun. So take some of that money away. John Quill's going to get Supermax. I, I don't know if they've got enough money to go out and make a huge splash, but you know, it would be interesting to see if they've got, if they do have some extra coin to play with who they'd be able to go out and get. Yeah. No, I, I but, think, I think Connecticut's roster is mostly tied up. And because of that, yeah. um, you're not going to see huge moves, which goes directly against what my new year's resolution was for them. They need to do something big and shocking. Uh, I think leaving January off and going for maybe somebody who's a little bit younger that you might be able to get for not a maxed out contract, but has a lot of potential and then try to develop them. Yeah. Maybe that's a move that you make during free agency. Um, I, I also, yeah, they've, they've just got to figure something out to, to add some spice because, uh, as we talked about in our new year's resolution episode, they've got the formula to get 95% of the way there, but that's the farthest they ever get. And, uh, at some point you want to click over that last 5% and make it, make it to the end. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see, I don't see Connecticut being super active in free agency. If they're going to make moves, um, it could come in draft trades, um, or it could come in, uh, in, uh, like during in season stuff with like coaching hires or, or styles or things like that. But just as far as free agency, I just don't see them being a, a super active. Yeah, I would agree with that. Speaking of being uh, inactive in free agency, let's take a talk. Let's talk about the Dallas Wings. Dallas, uh, they have they have pretty much no free agents no. Uh, at all. They have some minimal cap space. Their cap space is just under eighty grand. Um, however, what they do have are some draft picks. They've got the number four and number six draft pick. I put maybe we see something. You know, come along that they package some picks, maybe a player here or there, and try and go snag maybe a bigger name. Yeah. You know, try and, and but I don't think they're going to be doing it free agency, like signing someone out, like right out the gate. I think it's going to come more of a trade. So, yeah, I don't think there's a ton of free agency news for us to discuss for Dallas. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think honestly, I, if I was Dallas, my goal would not to be to have a draft pick at all this year. I would try to to leverage all of them because the last thing you need is youth and potential because Dallas is full of youth and potential. Uh, you know, if if you can give out your number four and your number six pick and pull back a you know a a veteran, somebody who's seasoned in the league, somebody who who adds some some experience and some some uh, good team culture to your to your organization. Uh, to bring up all of the youth and potential that you currently have. I think, I think that's the direction Dallas needs to head. I'd agree with that. Uh, let's move on then. Let's just continue to Indiana, our favorite <laughs> team to, uh, <laughs> to give, give a hard time to when it comes to the off season. Um, they haven't been totally quiet. It seems as though. They unofficially have offers going out to a lot of their restricted free agents, such as Victoria Vivians, uh, Lindsay Allen, and others. I think that those those players are are likely to stick around. Um, Julie Alamond is currently unsigned, and I think she may fill, fall into the same category as Emma Mieseman. They played together on the Belgian national team. Alamond might be pretty much just, you know, Looking forward to the FIBA World Cup that uh, happens in uh, September. 
So I don't know if she's going to be around. Jessica Breland is where the question uh, arises for me. Um, I think Breland could easily stick around in uh, in Indiana, but they have cap space. If they don't re-sign Breland, I think that they have a chance to maybe go out and, and, and snag somebody. You know, they also have the number two overall draft pick, which right now looks like it's going to be uh, you know, one of two very good players. And so that could easily be, you know, if some if another team's interested in Ryan Howard or Nalissa Smith, you know, and they, they package something there, maybe they could tweak their cap space a little bit more, offload some of their offload some of their current contracts and then free up a little bit more space to go out and, and snag somebody. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I would love for them to be able to snag somebody, you know, go out and, and pick up, you know, a, a bigger, a bigger name player, you know, go snag somebody that that's out there that, you know, go snag a Shatori Walker, Kimbrough or a Sophie Cunningham or, a, you know, a, a Becca Allen or Clarendon. Why not snag Alicia Clarendon? You know, I think uh, it could be a potential there. So I think there's several players that could, add quite a bit to Indiana. I don't know if they're in a position or even uh, as a organization to be a desired destination of like one of your big, your big, you know, all-star level type players. So we'll see there, but if they can make a couple moves and put a a few pieces uh, in the right place, then yeah, hopefully we can see Indiana trying to make a a playoff run here in 2022. Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said. I think keeping Breland uh, or not keeping Breland in exchange for the cap space makes sense. The hard, the hard thing for Indiana right now is put yourself in the shoes of a a big name WNBA player and just imagine seeing Indiana Fever Office on your cell phone and just like, do you do you take that call? Uh, <laughs> it's it's such a hard sell because. It's not just that the Fever have had a rough couple of years because the Fever were a great team not that long ago. I mean, it was before we oh, had our show, in like 2016. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's it's not been that long. But the lack of effort from Indiana, it's just like in Atlanta, you can say like, "Hey, we've done this, 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 and this with with the new office you staff, can see that the new ownership. Changes. Like, there's goals and direction, and there's potential." Like I, I see nothing since 2016 from Indiana that says anything to a player of like, Hey, we're going to, to become a championship team. Here is our path forward and here's your role in that path. And I don't think you have that sales pitch. Um, I mean, it's just, they, they've not done anything that I can tell that, that would indicate such. So, um, as much as I love the fever and I want them to be great, um, for so many reasons, because if they could host the all-star game, that means Kyle and I get to go back to Indiana, which would just be the biggest blast of all time. Be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But like, it's just, I, I, I see them doing what you said. I see them picking up a second or a third tier free agent and being Indiana again. And that breaks my heart, but that's kind of what I see. I see, I see them using their second round draft pick and then benching that player for no foreseeable reason. Uh, it's just Indiana's going to Indiana, and until they stop Indianaing, that that's that's the situation we've got. <laughs> so, so 
this makes me feel a little bit um, justified in some of our takes for it, uh, for Indiana. Um, I just, while you were doing that, I pulled up um, ESPN's article by Kevin Pelton and Michelle Vopel, two people who we obviously uh, respect a ton. Um, and this is like the third time in less than a month that I feel like we've had a take or I've had a take in particular that Michelle Vopel has like, uh, like put out there and it's been the same exact call. <laughs> and so here you go. Um, Vopal writes, she's writing for about the Indiana fever. And I'm just checking this out as you were, as you were talking, it says, if any franchise needs a pick me up free agent signing and or trade, it's the fever, <laughs> but that's going to, but that's going to take some front office vitality that we haven't seen in a while. Yes. That. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Like Michelle hits that nail right on the head. We've been saying that for what, two, three seasons now, like, Oh, you know, I think when when we first started a show, we're like, oh, Indiana, like they're they're rough, but man, like they were just at the top of the world. They've got a proud history, and it feels like that history is way further away than just six years ago because of the just apathy that it seems to have been coming from uh, from Indiana. Yeah. At least on the surface, I again, I'm not in, I'm not in the organization. Yeah, maybe people well, are working their their tails off, and it's just not nothing's taking. But right now, it seems like it's just just very much a treading water type of situation. Yeah. Well, and and when when you're a player, there's a few things you want. You want to win first and foremost. Players want to win. That's that's why you get in competitive athletics. Yeah. You want to win, but you also you want to to be a star. You want you want people to be wearing your jersey. Like you you want the professional basketball player life, and like. I have, and and this is kind of behind the curtains how the podcast works, but I have contacts at almost every team that I can email if I want to try to set up an interview or things like that um, as as part of like the media stuff. And they've got media representatives. Like almost, I think every team at this point has at least emailed me back. Like we haven't gotten an interview from every single team, uh, but every team has at least emailed me back and I know that they're actively involved. I don't know that anybody checks Indiana's email. Straight up, I, I we it has been radio silence absolute from radio since silence we, since we started reaching out. What four years yeah, ago? Four years ago. I don't know that anyone yeah. checks the email, and I, I brought this up on a previous episode, so I don't want to be redundant. But this is the first year <laughs> that their email that they have listed for their public relations contact is actually an at Indiana Fever email. Before that, it was at Pacers because, and I just genuinely don't think anybody was checking the email, or if they were, it was somebody whose primary focus was Pacers, and they just didn't ever get to. To, to worrying about the what fever. the fever are doing. So um, I, yeah, anyways, I'm, I've droned on about that enough. I don't need to hit it too hard, but I, I'm glad that Vopal agrees with us. Cause that, that does <laughs> add, add some yeah. credibility to us for sure. Indiana, prove us wrong. <laughs> Even if you don't actually, if you don't do anything in free agency, email us back. <laughs> just let us know you're there. We're just checking on you. <laughs> we, Jason and I would be instant, like super fans of oh, the Indiana sure. fever. If you would just do like, if, if something could just happen, <laughs> but like there's just, it's just nothing. We don't see a lot of movement in free agency. Um, their team has been missing the playoffs for basically, you know, the last five, six seasons. It's just, it's not there. Like, just we're just checking on you. Are you guys okay? Are you there? Op- <laughs> Is everything all right? Open invitation. If anybody from the Fever office staff, a Fever player, specifically D Rob, if anybody wants to come on the show, oh D Rob, we love D Rob. But if anybody, love if D-Rob. anybody wants to come on the show and defend Indiana and let us know what the future is, like what is the direction of the organization, I want to hear. It. I want to believe that Indiana is going to be good, 
because like Kyle said, if Indiana's good, I've got every jersey, I've got every poster. Like I I'm all in on Indiana being great. They've just got to show me that there's a direction and I'll buy into I'll buy yes. into it. You just got to show me the path. That's all I'm asking. Love it. We've got Logan and Cam I am hitting us up on our Twitch just I love it. Somebody said, what's the direction? And, uh, or Jason said, what's the direction? And Cam I am says, down. Their direction, <laughs> direction is down. down. But they're already at the bottom. Um, down to and Miami Logan, and a Logan, franchise move? Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, Logan, uh, hits us up on, in our Twitch chat. He says, Indiana is still a year away from being two years away, <laughs> which hurts to hear, <laughs> but, um, where's so anyway, the lie? There, there we go. Where's let's, the lie? <laughs> let's, let's move forward to Las Vegas. The big name for Las Vegas is Asia Wilson. I think that she's going to stay yeah. because it's a restricted deal. If anybody offers her Supermax, Las yeah. Vegas is going to match it. It's just a given. All right. Now, the unrestricted free agents is where Las Vegas could get a little spicy. They've underperformed the last. You know, uh, the last little bit. And that's hard to say because they made the finals literally in 2020 and then were bumped in 2022 after, you know, a lot of people had them as the overall favorite from the very beginning of, of the season. But they've got four, uh, players and, you know, two pretty big stars with two other really solid role players that are unrestricted free agents right now that we don't know. I don't know what the future holds for these players. Liz Cambage unsigned. Liz Cambage might not even play at WNBA basketball next season. That, the WNBA is not her number one priority. And can I just put this out there? And I know this hurts WNBA fans. That's okay. That's okay. It's okay to not have our league in America be your number one priority. So if Liz has other projects she wants to do outside of basketball or other basketball projects she wants to pursue outside of the WNBA, that's okay. All right. So don't like, don't commit Liz. It's, it's fine. No, now that being said is, is the WNBA a better, a better league when Liz Cambage is playing a thousand percent. She is so much entertainment. I love Liz Cambage. Yeah. So, so anyway, what, what, what were you going to say, Jason? I, I was just going to add to that because I, I agree with the sentiment that you're expressing that it's okay for somebody else to have other priorities. But that's one of the reasons that we're pushing so hard for better pay, better seasons, like like all those things is because we want this to be an enticing enough thing for it to be your number one priority. You know, the, the NBA is the number one priority of even most overseas players because they get so many benefits. They get so much fame and money and all the other things. Let's get that for the WNBA players so that that it is more ap- appealing than all the other projects, but that's just like my little side. Like it is okay for her to have different priorities, which I totally support, but let's as a league try to make it as enticing as possible so that this is most players. Number one priority. I, I, I would love to see that direction switch, but um, anyways, I, I wanted to get that, but um, yeah, I Liz Cambage is a real question mark. And that's why I think the Chicago move has as real legs to it in that if Liz, if Liz is going to come to the U S and play for the season, it's going to be because she's intrigued by a situation. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be just for the contract money. I think it's going to be because she thinks she can win a title. She's excited for the people she's going to play with and stuff. And and I think Chicago fits that mold real well for her. But, um, 
Yeah, I know. I, I, I feel that I, I'm glad that you made the, you know, I, I'm glad you added that to it because yeah, it's okay if it's not her priority, but again, we want it to, we want it to be because do all of us enjoy Liz Campage being in the league? Oh, for sure. Yeah. She's awesome. <laughs> She's so much fun She's- to watch and to, to interact with. We had a chance before she even went to Las Vegas, we had her on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if it was the day after or two days after she yeah, broke. Yeah, it was that. It was the, that week for sure. The, yeah. the single. Di- yeah, it was. I think it was in just within just a couple of days of her breaking the single game scoring record. Um, she came on the show and we had an awesome interview with her. She's super fun, just an absolute, absolutely incredible person and an awesome human being. We love Liz Cambage. I'd love to see her in the league. If she's not, I'm not surprised. That being said, she could go anywhere. Yeah, and. And I mean, the world is the, the league is her oyster right now. She can go find whatever she wants. So she's right there. She's unrestricted. I don't see Las Vegas doubling down on a big when they already have Asia Wilson. I think that Becky Hammond is going to throw uh, some of that Bill Lambeer, you know, twin tower, like push it inside, never shoot threes mentality. I think that's gone. I mm-hmm. think Hammond's going to be a little bit more perimeter focused as we see basketball evolving that way. So Cam Beige may not fit that mold of the team that she's looking for anyway. So that being said, McCautry, Angel McCautry and Raquana Williams, I think really do fit that mold that Becky Hammond would look to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are, are big, big ones for me. I would be really interested to see uh, if Raquana Williams and Angel McCautry resign. Um if McCautry hadn't just left Atlanta, I would say she would be a great target <laughs> for Atlanta. But I I mean, she just left Atlanta. And she's also been posting a ton of videos with her and Kennedy Carter getting workouts in together. She's kind of taken Carter under her wing and like mm-hmm. really mentored her. And Carter's in Atlanta. I don't know. I don't know, Jason. Is Atlanta totally out of out of it? Would McCautry make a return trip? Or do you think she's good in, in Vegas? I don't know. I just, there's something there. I think McCautry and Williams aren't necessarily, I think that they're more desired by Las Vegas than Cam Beige, but I don't know if either one of them is a guarantee to stick around in Las Vegas. What do you think? No, I think, I think if you get rid of McCautry, it's gotta be in a move that also lands you with kind of that, that backup forward behind Asia Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I think you're right. I think that the twin towers mentalities is, is gone. I think I see a lot more shooting, a lot more, uh, maybe upbeat basketball. Um, an upbeat, I mean, like fast pace, uh, upbeat sounds like I'm saying right. happy, but fast paced basketball. Um, so, so I see maybe that, that having to go that direction. So if, if they've got their eyes on maybe a younger player, they're wanting to develop underneath the wings of Asia Wilson, maybe you go that direction, but, I think odds are that that Williams McCautry stay, but if one of them was to leave, I would think it was McCautry, and I would think it would be because um, they're looking to maybe pay a little bit less for the person who's going to be playing kind of behind Asia Wilson. So, um, you know, and and as far as going back to Atlanta, I think it's possible, but it's always messy for a player to to go back uh, because they've got relationships with some people, but like the whole management's changed. Um, I think a cleaner move might be might be if she can get finagled over to, to Dallas, though I don't know what Dallas has to offer Las Vegas that would make that happen, but um, mm-hmm. I, I think that'd be a good fit. And I mean, McCautry's going to be a great addition to any team that she would go to. So 
Um, I think it's more likely than not that she stays in Vegas, but if one of those two were to, to move, I, I, my money would be on McCautry. I like that. I like that call. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think, I think Liz Cambage, if I'm Las Vegas, I'm probably moving that, but her being gone frees you up to sign. You could potentially sign both Williams or McCautry, or if I'm Las Vegas, I'm being honest, I'm paying heavy attention to what Tina Charles was saying that she wants a title. I think Tina Charles, again, you've got Asia Wilson, you've got a big, you can always use, you can use two bigs. Yeah. Again, you can, and at least, I mean, even for depth, they've got a lot of depth out on the, on the perimeter, especially with McCautry. If they can sign McCautry and a Tina Charles, if they don't bring Cambage back that, yeah, I think Tina Charles might even be willing to take a little less money. Because she wants to, a shot at a title, and Las Vegas puts her in that position. I don't know. I think I think there's a, f- a few uh, places that Las Vegas could go, but um, we'll see. We'll see what uh, Becky Hammond, you know, where her priorities are and how much she wants to shake up this roster. Jason, let's go to your, uh, you know, let's, let's let's go to some of your old stomping grounds. Let's hit up L.A. for just a little bit here. Um, not a ton of cap space. They really aren't. Um, they've, they've just they've got a lot of uh, a lot of players under contract. Their major like real uh, free agent is is Nia Coffee, and Coffee. I don't know. I I think I think it's likely that uh, that they don't do a ton and they just bring Coffee back. I don't see Los Angeles making a ton of moves. They might, but they just don't have, they don't have the money. So unless they make some trades or big time cuts where they can free up some cap space, I don't see them being able to go after someone like, say, Jewel Lloyd. I would love for them to go after Jewel Lloyd. I just don't know if they have the ability to financially to make it work. Yeah. So if they can, solid, let's do it. Go try and snag, go try and snag someone like Jewel Lloyd. But, um, as it stands, I, I yeah, I don't know how many options they truly have other than maybe they just bring you know Nia Coffee back and and you know try and see if they can develop some of this younger talent that they've got on the roster. What do you think? Yeah, I I I agree with you. I think we're not likely to see many splashes from them. If I'm if I'm them, I'm looking forward. Logan brought up on the show previously that LA is looking at probably a complete redo. Like, you know, their team's going to look very different in like two to three years. I, I think it's this after this next season, they, a lot of their players are going to be on their way out. And, uh, if I'm LA, I'm not as worried about, uh, I'm not as worried about my free agency period or even the draft this year. I pick a few core players like a Nia Coffee or some players to develop. And then on top of that, uh, just, be uh be really focused on interviewing some coaches. Uh, I I think that change is going to come. Uh, pre- <laughs> I think preceding so. a complete rebuild of the team. So I think you're going to see a new coach. Um, I don't know that they'll do it mid season. They'll probably do it after the season's over. But you'll see a new coach after the season, and then I think you're going to see almost an entirely new roster going into next year. So um, yeah, I don't think this is LA Sparks. This is LA's year to make a move. Uh, you know, make do your best to make it to the playoffs and and have a fun season and and maybe develop some youth and uh get ready for for things to get crazy next year. 
Minnesota, Jason, has a significant amount of cap space, but they also have Sylvia Fowles that they're looking to re-sign. Sylvia Fowles, um, you know, she's, yeah, she's, I mean, she's getting up there in years. I could see her maybe coming back for another year or two. Um, but here's the thing. <laughs> she's, she's older, right? She's what? 30. I don't know how old she is. Uh, 36, maybe. I think I want to say 35, 36. Um, she could just choose to retire in the offseason and be totally fine. She just set the all time rebounding record. So, I mean, she's, she's all there. Um, She's defensive player of the year, though. Is she worth it? If you sign her at a super max of one year contract, you know, I, you still have like a decent amount of cap space left over to either re-sign Alicia Clarendon or go and, you know, snag somebody else. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think on Minnesota? They've got a decent amount of cap space. Um, and if, Let's say Sylvia Fowles doesn't come back and they have all this money. Who are they targeting if you're Minnesota? Uh, I, I hate trying to predict Cheryl Reeve because I feel like I always predict it wrong and then she ends <laughs> up being right. Um, I was gonna, yes, I was going to say you, pre- you make a prediction you think is really smart and then she's like, that's stupid. Here's this. And then they, and like, then it works beautifully. Almost win the title. Yeah. yeah. And then, then she's amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so I'm, I always tread lightly around the Minnesota links because I'm just like, I, I don't want to underestimate Cheryl Reeve and what she can do and, and her, her decision making because it's consistently made me look stupid. Um, that being said, if Sylvia Fowles isn't coming back, which I don't know that I, I think is, is going to happen, but if she's not coming back, who do I target? What, what does, I mean, obviously they, they need a big, if they're losing Sylvia Fowles, you, you can't lose a defensive player of the year big like that. And, uh, and right. not try to replace it. Uh, I mean, you already brought up Tina Charles and, and the potential for that move. Um, which I, I mean, what about like a Liz Cambage? Too? Yeah. Liz Cambage. Uh, though if she's not interested in Atlanta, I think the hip hop scene in Minneapolis is probably not nearly as good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Minneapolis. I don't know. They had Prince. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she's into Prince. I yeah. don't know. Uh, um, maybe, maybe you look at someone like an Elizabeth Williams, who's not quite yeah. Sylvia Fowles, but like a solid big that, you know, probably isn't going to get super max money. And you can snag that and maybe pick up somebody like a Steph Dolson or Diamond to Shields and, you know, shore up some of those positions as well. Like I, you could do a lot. If Fowles does end up retiring, you got a lot of options mm-hmm. if you're Minnesota. We'll see. Yeah. No, I, I think that's an interesting question. Cause then it's like, like as, as much as, as much as Stewie seems to be branded with Seattle, I mean, do you take your shot? Uh, can you imagine Stewie walking onto that roster? That'd be, and anyways, I'm I'm trying to think of all the bigs and and who I think might walk. I, we just talked about Angel McCautry. I could see you adding her, though. I don't think that she quite mm-hmm. fills uh, Sylvia Fowles' shoes, and uh, I think that would be a net right. loss for Minnesota. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's not that many players that can fill that role. So if she's if she's on the way out, I, I don't really know what you do to run it back and, and have that same quality in, in your big spot. Uh, I mean, you, you could add a, a Dolson and a, and a McCautry and, and get some depth there that, that could play well. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm genuinely stumped on this one, Kyle. I'm trying my best. 
Good, because I the reason I asked you is because I wasn't sure either. So <laughs> <laughs> you you did a good job. Um, yeah, really, the the big ones they've got are, are Clarendon and Fowles. Fowles might be done. I would hope not. I feel like no, I feel like I, I don't think Fowles so. Has got if if you are rating defensive player, you've got you've got a good you've got good basketball still ahead of you. You got another year or two that you can still come in and and be worth it. So I. I think it's most likely Fowles comes back at least for one more season, makes that supermax money with the new CBA, at least pocket some some last minute big you know big time money there Fowles and and take it may as well right yeah. with the new CBA she'd be making significantly more than she has at any other point in her career. Um, I think it's just, I think it would be smart. Yeah. And I think Minnesota, if they can get fouls back, I would, because I'm, uh, if I'm Minnesota, I'm thinking just like you, like, I don't know if I can get, I don't think, I don't know if I can get somebody for, you know, to replace Sylvia yeah. fouls. And again, people forget, and I said this before, people forget how good Minnesota was in 2021. Yeah. They were nearly a top two seed and my personal pick to make the finals. Like I thought, I really did think that we were going to see Minnesota in the finals. They're a very good team. Um, I don't, if you can get fouls back and Clarendon, if you can get both of them back, go for it because the links were much better when Clarendon was on their roster. When they showed up to Minnesota, Minnesota got better. So, yeah. and, and started winning. So I, I think if you can just resign those players and, and keep going, why not? I think it's, yeah. that's your best option. If not, you got a lot of moves that are ahead of you because you have a ton of cap space to work with. Yeah, I, I think, I think Minnesota makes me want to break my my rule, which is that you never want to just straight run it back. You always want to be tinkering. But that same roster with an extra year of cohesion and and experience playing together, I mean, they've got to be a preseason contender. Like they've got to be in that that top conversation because sure. I mean they earned their way into it last year, and you bring that same team back. I mean, I, right now in my preseason rankings, if they were the same team they were last year, they'd have to be in the top three, if not the top two. Like it, it that's just so yeah. you don't need to do that much uh, if if you're Minnesota and if you can keep Sylvia Fowles around. Yeah, that that'd be my thing. Is is maybe maybe play for a draft pick or two, just that way you've got kind of the next generation coming in. But that'd be about it. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, New York, Jason. Not a ton of cap space, um, and I don't know if they're super interested in making some big waves yet. Um, they've got a new coach, Sandy Brondello, and I, th- I mean, I think, I think Sandy Brondello is really excited. I think, I don't think she's just giving lip service when she says she's really excited to coach Ben Nigelani, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, you've got Sammy Whitcomb there that's, um, that's got that Australian connection. Natasha Howard, you know, still sticking around. Obviously, uh, they've got the reigning rookie of the year, Michaela, Michaela Onyenwede, um, Sabrina Ionescu. You got a solid, a solid base of, of players here that we saw go from two wins to what? 12 wins. They, they ended up being a really solid team mm-hmm. making, making the playoffs and honestly weren't that far off of from advancing to the next round. I think that a coaching change and uh and another year of development for a lot of these younger players like uh you know like Onyenwede and with Ionescu, I think that I think 
New York could still be a really strong team. Um, and I don't think they need to make too many moves. What are you thinking? Yeah, this one for me comes down to, to Brundello's headspace because this team was custom built, uh, to, to grow. And, and you saw that you, you saw the success, which obviously made the coaching change somewhat surprising for, I think most of, uh, WNBA Twitter and, and the, you know, the people who like to speculate on stuff like this. That being said, a lot of this team, I think, actually lines up with what Brondello is going to want to do. Um, yeah. and so I, I don't see them. I don't see, uh, her going in there and wanting to make a lot of changes. Um, I think she's going to enjoy playing with Whitcomb. Um, I think Whitcomb is a good veteran voice on that team. Uh, I think you, you keep working in Nescu. Uh, this is technically, I think this is her third year, right? The, Logan's Logan's mm-hmm. trademarked third year turn that he always talks about. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you go from two to 12. I don't think you go from 12 to 22, but you, you might be able to go from 12 to 15 to 18. Um, and, yeah. and some, put yourself in a position to have like a five or six. Seed yeah. In get, the playoffs. Get, get a, get a home court for the first series and, uh, see how far you can take it. But, um, Hey, a six seed was good enough last year. Yeah. So, well, and- there you and, go. and I mean, Brondello has very recent experience of, of taking a low seed to the, the finals. So, uh, yeah, she just took the fi- five, yeah, she seed. just, took, yeah, she just so. took the five seed all the way to the, to the, to the big dance. So, uh, I, I think, I think that's very real in their future is, is a mid level playoff seed, uh, and, and a, a year or two more of tinkering. And I think Brondello is going to be back in form of, of having a competitive team and, you know, kind of the opposite problem she had in Phoenix, which is she had built this great team and the team had started to age out. Yeah, I, I think I think she's she's probably excited at this idea of I've got a youthful team, I've got rookie of the year, I've got um but Nigel Laney, I've got uh, you know UNESCO, like you've got all these players. I mean, I I think this is a team that four or five years in the future they're going to be the perennial like, oh, yeah, well, of course, we're picking New York to be, uh, uh, you know, they're they're going to be in our top three. Uh, yeah, they're going to be in our top three preseason picks uh, for for the foreseeable future. So I, I'm excited about that over the next couple of years. I like it. Um, Phoenix Mercury, a little bit uh, up in the air. We haven't as of this current moment had a announcement. Are you checking as Twitter? far as uh, a head coach? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I keep checking Twitter because it's that time of year. We multiple times it has happened in our, on our show where we record something the night before and before Jason can edit it and release it at like 6 a.m. the next morning, something happens. Yeah. Like it happens. It's happened many times where we record something and it's already outdated by the time the episode releases or it's outdated by like the next afternoon. You know, and so people listening on like their way home from work are like, well, that's not true. You know, like that's not it. So anyway, I, I always <laughs> I'm checking out all the time. Phoenix um, will be announcing a coach. I'm sure here very soon before the 15th uh, when they start their negotiations. Um, they currently have Sophie Cunningham and Alana Smith um, as unrestricted free agents. Uh, they also have Kia Nurse as an uh, as a restricted free agent. And when Nurse went to Phoenix, I felt like it was a pretty huge move. I thought that there was going to be a lot of uh, – uh, that that was going to make big waves. Um, 
I feel like Nurse has kind of underperformed, and I don't know if that's because she's kind of going from being uh, kind of a big fish on the New York team where she was just asked to do a ton, where she then moves into Phoenix where they've got three of, you know, three of the greatest players of all time on that roster, you know, plus some, some pretty solid depth. And she just wasn't asked to do as much, but I feel like she's kind of underperformed. She might be the right price tag for another team to sneak in and snag. Um, if Phoenix doesn't want to pay up, if Phoenix is looking, Hey, you know, maybe DT is going to be done here in the next year or two. We got to start thinking about the future. We're going to resign potentially like a Brittany Griner or a Skyler Diggins Smith uh, here in, in the next little bit. Maybe maybe we can't afford Kia Nurse right now, and let's have some cap space available for the future. I don't know. I'm not sure what uh, what the future is. What I do know is that it sounds like Shea Petty uh, will – she's more likely to come back, and, and that just makes me happy because Shea Petty going to Phoenix and uh, the Petty um, – Buzzer beater in the finals of 2020 is going to still remains one of my favorite plays of WNBA history. So I'm always happy when that takes place. Jason, what are your thoughts with Phoenix? Phoenix is a hard one because we referenced that they haven't announced any, any coaching hire. And as such, we don't know what their rebuild is going to look like. We don't know the vision that the office yeah. has. And so, um, you know, the idea that Phoenix was, was going to have a rebuild year to begin with is kind of a surprise. Uh, but when, when, uh, Rondello and Phoenix parted ways, that was kind of the, the press release was, Hey, the, we're looking to rebuild and, and we want to do that with a, with a new coach. So a lot of that comes down to that. Um, so with, with absolutely no context on which to base it, uh, the one move that I think I'm making for sure is keeping Sophie Cunningham because she showed some sparks during this last, uh, playoff run that I want to explore a little bit more. I think she has the, the potential to, to kind of last through maybe the transition, um, of, of kind of those, you know, those three of the greatest players that you just referenced. Um, and as those transition out and you get a new younger team, I think Sophie Cunningham could be a staple of that future team. So, um, I, I'm probably making a move there, but like I said, I don't know the style or direction or philosophy that, that this team is, is moving forward with. So it's, it's really hard to make any form of an accurate prediction. Seattle is an interesting team. They have a ton of cap space. They also have three players who could take Supermax money. Superbird's coming back um, with our New Year's. Uh, predictions episode, I said they have to make the correct hard decision. Subert's coming back. Um, Jewel Lloyd, Bree Stewart are also unrestricted free agents currently. Now, there's, uh, there's a player in the NFL who's notorious for taking less money to surround themselves with better, better players. Uh, and, um, I, and that's Tom Brady. If Sue Bird pulls a Tom Brady and takes less money and uh, frees up some of that cap space to to keep, you know, keep Bree Stewart and maybe Jewel Lloyd. I don't know. Even even if Jewel Lloyd walks, you still have some cap space that you can go snag someone, uh, you know, and and try and replace. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw them maybe make a move at somebody like a Tina Charles, you know, or, or somebody else, one of these other big names that's, that's out there 
that, uh, you know, that, that they could bring back. Now, obviously, I if I'm Seattle, my first instinct would be Sue, Jewel, Bree, and I'd probably Jordan Canada. Mm-hmm. Those would be my priorities. And if I could make it work, if, if Sue's willing to take less, or maybe Jewel or, or, or Stewie would be willing to take a little less, and you can make it work, yeah, maybe you could still snag somebody else and, and make a, uh, a run, but because you know you've got a million dollars to play with here, so if each of them takes that max money, you know you're that's seven hundred and fifty of that. You still got a, a decent chunk of money to to play around with. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what Seattle does. Um, yeah, could be a really really interesting off season for Seattle, or it could be a kind of boring off season for Seattle, and they just resign pretty much everybody. Um, and uh, try and you know try and run it back for one last championship for Sue Bird. So that's 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 my thoughts on it, Jason. What do you think? Yeah i i I think it's interesting because Sue Bird's loyalty to the organization to this point in her career makes me feel like everyone there is a fixture. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how how set in stone Stewie and Lloyd are in in continuing their careers with Seattle. Especially, I mean, Seattle won the title. What was it? Two three years ago. Um, but twenty. They won it in twenty 2020 twenty and in twenty yeah twenty twenty and twenty eighteen. So with with the with those with the big three, those were the two seasons they got the titles with those three. Yeah. But that being said, is that's not what we saw this last year, and you know, and so. I, I could see one of those players saying like, Hey, I'm going to go try my luck somewhere else. And, uh, and so, um, I would be a little bit nervous as management going to Stewie and saying like, Hey, would you be interested in a little bit less money? Because Stewie might just say, no, I, I, I can get max money from 10 out of the 12 teams in the league. I'm going to go get it. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, I think. Uh, Dallas, Dallas being the one without it because they have yeah, no, exactly they have and, no money. and Indiana because they're not going to make a phone call. So those are the two teams that aren't going to. Uh, <laughs> there you go. But but uh, yeah, I for for that I I'm, I would just like if Sue Bird is is going to to pull the Tom Brady and and take take less. I I, I could see that happening. I don't know what's in Sue Bird's head though. Um, but. I'd I'd be really hesitant to 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 even approach that with with Lloyd or Stewie because they may just say, well, if you don't value me, somebody else does, and I'm going to go there. Uh, I I agree. I think I think Canada is a priority for Seattle. Um, I think that when Sue Bird does retire, um, I, I think Canada is is primed and ready to to take over as as your you know your your shot caller on the the court. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I think Canada is a priority for me. Uh, a lot of the other ones. I mean, you can you can trade out some of these players. They're gr- they're good players, but uh, but if if you lost uh, Mercedes Russell or uh, Katie or Carly Lou Samuelson uh, or Sierra Burdick, yeah, yeah. Those, those are names that you can find somebody else to pull in and kind of fill that same role. So uh, Canada's my my priority. You know, you've got Sue Bird in the bag, and so really, I'm just being really careful. And I'd I'd probably just try to make the numbers work to where I'm I'm offering you know full contracts to Lloyd and Stewie and just not even risk it. That that'd be my approach. Yeah, I like it. Um, I, yeah, again, Seattle could have either the most boring free agency or an absolutely wild free yeah, exactly. agency in twenty twenty two. So we'll we'll see what happens here. 
Last team, Jason, we have gone, we've gone, usually you and I are, are pretty succinct with our, our episodes when the two <laughs> yeah. of us are on, but we've gone, That's, uh, you know, 12 teams. It takes a while. Uh, yeah. Uh, 12 teams. Yeah. I mean, and, and we're here, what, 80 minutes in. So it, it's, it's understandable. Um, Washington, last but not least, Washington Mystics again, a team with a ton of question marks. Potentially, in my opinion, the highest ceiling and lowest floor range. I, right now, preseason, if you were to ask me where is Washington finishing, I would have no idea. They could be a title contender or miss the playoffs again because they, because they're, I don't know what to expect out of this team. Um, I think they're smart. Uh, it sounds like they've given a qualified, uh, qualifying offer to Maisha Heinz Allen. Uh, Megan Gustafson has resigned, uh, well, or will, right? Um, as a restricted agent. Those are their restricteds. Here's their unrestricteds. All right. Tina Charles, Leilani Mitchell, Shavante Zealous, Shatori Walker Kimbrough, and Teresa Plaisance. By the way, Leilani Mitchell, I believe, is the third or fourth oldest player in the league. Um, I don't know what her future holds, uh, with Washington. Tina's getting up there in years as well. And we know that she wants a title. If she trusts Washington to try and get Deladon back healthy, Alicia Clark, um, you know, uh, you've, you've, you've got some other pretty solid players there as well. Like you, they really could do, they could do some, some work here. I don't know. I think they've, they've got, they've got a pretty decent, um, chance here and they've, got the number one draft pick. So there's a lot that could happen here for, um, for Washington. Um, I don't know what Tina Charles is going to do. I don't know if she considers Washington a title contender. If you just miss the playoffs, but I feel for Tina Charles, she's so good and went through some, a couple really rough seasons in New York didn't play in 2020, went to Washington where everybody expected, oh yeah, title contender, and then missed the playoffs after giving an MVP type yeah. season. Didn't win the MVP, but could have. Man, <laughs> I get it for her. She's just like, can I just go somewhere where we're going to win? And so Washington, uh, I have no idea what to think about Washington. I have zero predictions, Jason. I don't know if the people in the actual you know, organization themselves have a, a super solid idea of what the future is going to hold for this team. So with that, what are your predictions? <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's, let's get out the globe <laughs> and speculate wildly uh, as, as parks and rec Joan Calamezza would say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So here's my thing with Washington is, and I've, I've said this a couple of times recently, so I, I'm starting to sound like a broken fiddle, but, uh, as Washington, the the tune that we hear coming out of the fan base all the time is once everybody's healthy, this is a championship team. Once everybody's healthy, this is a championship team. You know what? Back issues just don't go away that easy. You know, the, the Elena Deladon may never be back to MVP form and, and that's okay. I mean, we got some, some great basketball and, and I hope to get more great basketball. Obviously I'm not wishing anything negative, but back injuries are rough and, and, not everybody returns to 100 percent and and recovers the way that that you would hope. Uh, so I I'm just a little bit hesitant to say let's hope that everyone's healthy. I think maybe you let Tina Charles go so she can she can try her shot 
uh, in Chicago or in Vegas or wherever she thinks that she's got the best shot at getting that title, uh, that quite frankly, she deserves. She's, she's a staple of the league. And the fact that she doesn't have a title is a little bit surprising. Um, but not when you realize she played for, for New York for so many years, given that they've still never won a title as a franchise. Um, <laughs> but that being said, if I'm Washington's office, uh, right now, I might just be shuffling the deck like, Hey, this was a fun lineup. And if we could get everyone healthy, if we could get Miesemann back from Europe, if we could get Elena Don health, Elena Deladon healthy, if we could get everything, if the stars lined up in our favor, uh, this is a championship team and they're right. But maybe you stop playing those odds and you just shuffle and you, you start building a new team. So, um, if, if I'm them, uh, I don't know that anyone is a guaranteed resign. I, I think I'm, I'm looking everywhere I can to try to see what can I do? How can I reshuffle and maybe bring in some, something different and, uh, something interesting for this next season. So, uh, I think that's one of the reasons it's hard to predict is because for me, everything's on the table for Washington. Uh, everything is an option at this point because. Uh, I, I don't think the formula of get everyone back and hope that they're healthy is going to work this year. So uh, you got to try something else. And for me, almost anything else is a better plan than that. Mm. That's well said. And I wish that I had, I wish I had a better take on, on Washington. I would love to make some, like, like you said, a wild <laughs> speculation and come out. Correct. I just don't, I have zero clue. And I, I, I feel for Washington um, cause I'm not sure. I don't know what, I don't know what it would be like to be a fan of a team where at any given moment, you're just like, I don't know what our roster is going to look yeah. like. And I don't know who we have on our team this next season, you know, like, or even like a true idea of who your, your, you know, name and face of your franchise, Elena Delton hasn't even played for two seasons, you know, like it'll be interesting to see what Washington ends up doing. Hopefully we can get some insider info from them at some point and, uh, and we'll have a lot of questions answered here. Um, uh, coming up soon. I think we're going to start to have some things leaked out here in just the next few days. That is all of the teams and players. Uh, most of the players, obviously we didn't go through every single player, but most of the teams and players, um, and, and some of our thoughts and takes when it comes to free agency. Um, Jason, it's, we, we covered a lot here. I, I feel like my mind is just <laughs> overloaded. And I feel like if we went back through and started at Atlanta and came back through totally again, I'd probably get yeah. complete, totally different takes. And that's what's fun about free agency. If you are, uh, if you're wanting to stay up on all of the latest with WNBA free agency, can we just give a, a quick shout out to uh, a good friend of the show, Rachel Galligan? Um, at Rach Gall on Twitter, you need to you need to make sure that you find her on Set there. She's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And at this time of year, we as a show set a notification anytime she tweets or retweets something, it comes through to our phones because she's she's got a pretty good pulse yeah. on all the happenings with WNBA free agency. Uh, we Rachel's a good friend of the show. Um, you know, we just, we really appreciate her and we just want to give her a shout out and let all of you know, she's an excellent resource. So make sure you're following her on Twitter. Jason, any last thoughts before we wrap things up? No, uh, I, I like your call out to Rachel Galligan. Obviously I fully support that. And, uh, usually that's where I first find out information because she's usually the first one breaking it to the interwebs. Uh, so, so I, I recommend that if you want good summaries of, of big moves that happen, uh, you can always follow our Twitter at WNBA nation pod. We do our best to, to tweet and to retweet um, as stuff comes out. We don't really position ourselves as the people who break news, 
but we are a good place if you just want to scroll through a feed and kind of find out what has been happening. Uh, we try to be pretty thorough and, and have a lot of the stuff there. So <clears throat> you can always give us a follow. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, the, the one thing that you know for sure is that everything we said tonight will be absolutely wrong and we'll look like idiots soon. Uh, but that's, that's the <laughs> yes. nature of, of voicing your opinions publicly is, is we have to, to stand by those and eat crow when the time comes. Uh, and, and we certainly will as, as we go into the next few weeks. Uh, we'll have to say, holy crap, we did not see that coming. Uh, and, and that will be a common refrain for the next month or so. Absolutely. One last, uh, individual I need to also give a shout out on Twitter. Uh, Christina Williams, um, has been grinding at this for years and honestly is doing a phenomenal job. You can follow her on Twitter at Christina with a K, K H R I S T I N A. Christ, at Christina2334. Um, she does a lot of breaking news as well. Make sure you're giving both of those accounts a follow. Um, we'll be obviously doing some retweeting and, and commenting along the way. And we've got a lot more episodes coming your way. Stay tuned. I will have an updated uh, ranking for my NCAA um, my NCAA seniors and where I see them going in the upcoming draft. I'll be giving you an updated take there as far as what I see um, and where I think these players could potentially go um, in the WNBA draft in April of 2022. But for the time being, that's all we've got for you. Um, for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Jason Snow. And we got you next time.